This is Zion Hebraic Congregation with me, Luke Tanner. This week's Shabbat message is by myself. It is from the book of John, chapters 15 and 16. You can uh, find all of our archived Shabbat messages on our website, zionhebraiccongregation.com. You can also find weekly blog posts by my dad, uh, and you can subscribe to those if you want them emailed to you. If you put your email in the little email subscribe box. You can also find on the bottom of our homepage links to our social media accounts, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can subscribe to our Shabbat messages wherever you find your podcasts, like Apple Play, Google, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever. And as always, our theme music is by my buddy, Evan Shaw. You can find him on Instagram, Evan Shaw Music. And you can also uh, find him on his website, evanshawmusic.com. As always, enjoy. Mighty warriors arise, yeah. Freedom does lie only away. For soon is the day when we see your face on the mount of your grace and Okay, so John 15 and and 16. We'll see if we get through. It's a plan anyway. We'll see what I, we'll see if we get there. Right. <clears throat> okay. So, like I talked about last time when we were going through John, um, this is is a continuing narrative from when Yeshua is having his. We'll just call it the last Passover Seder. <laughs> and so he's talking with his disciples. And um, so it, it, it's a really interesting... It's, it's not interesting. I mean, it's, it's an interesting couple chapters because he talks about what's going to kind of be eventually happening with them. He talks about himself and his relationship to the Father and the fruit that they're going to produce that he... You know, he's basically kind of prepping them for his going away and what's going to happen and how uh, they're going to produce his fruit in the world and what that means and looks like and uh, his relationship to the Father and the Holy Spirit that's going to come, the Comforter, and what, what that entails, which will, which will be good to go through because that's been so misconstrued within, uh, within Christianity. They, you know, normative Christianity teaches Acts chapter 2, was when the Holy Spirit first came and that it wasn't in the Old Testament, uh, which is, I don't believe, biblical. You see references to the Spirit of God all through the Old Testament. And so anyone who's been a believer from the, you know, is, has the Spirit of God in them. You know, you can't tell me that David didn't have the Spirit of God in him or Moses. I mean, it's ridiculous. So, uh, and he's going to tell us that basically in so many words. So, um, uh, but then he's going to talk about the synagogues and what's, you know, some persecution that's going to happen. And uh, so it's, it's good. Anyway, so let's pray and we'll get into it here. Heavenly Father, God, thank you for this day, this Shabbat. Time to be together. Read your word. Learn from it. Uh, I just ask that you would just teach us what you would have us to learn and that we would take it and go forth and bear fruits of righteousness in this world. And that you would return quickly and sit on the throne and... Uh, pass out just judgment. And so I just thank you for all these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. 
Okay, so John chapter 15. Uh, um, okay, well, so actually, there, I'm guessing if you back up into chapter 15, 14, um, in 31, you know, he says, but the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, and even so do I. Arise, let us go hence. So I'm wondering if they're actually talking, well, or walking while he's teaching them. Maybe. I don't know. It's interesting. They're having a conversation on the go. But he continues on, and he says, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Get my notes here. I never look at them. Uh, I'm the true, I am the true vine. My father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein as is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so, so shall ye be my disciples. As the Father loveth me, so I have loved you. Continue ye in my love. So we'll pause there, and we kind of, we'll kind of look at this. Um, so he kind of he goes through these two things, like if you bear fruit, you're going to be pruned. If you don't bear fruit, you're going to be cast away and burned in the fire. And it's pretty, it's kind of black and white. Um, and that's why the Bible talks in agricultural terms from the beginning because everything started in a garden and the people of God have always been in an agrarian society. You know, we have a hard time wrapping our minds around a lot of the parables and things that the Bible talks about because we are in many ways disassociated from the natural way of the environment and plants and how things are grown and cultivated. But he uses, uh, he says he is the true vine. And it's interesting because, again, if you know your Tanakh, Israel is referenced as the vine of God. And so, because it, it, the true Israel, which is born from God, his firstborn son, Yeshua, being the firstborn, they're, they're all kind of synonymous in the th- same thing. Everything is, they're, they're all combined. That's why he's saying, if, if you are in me and I'm in you, you'll bear fruit and produce fruits of righteousness. And that bearing forth of fruit is doing what's right. It's basically walking out his word. And that's why he talks about my word being in you and you having my word and my in the Father and the Father in me and I'm in you and you're in me. It's, it's all one thing that he's trying to establish that it's all one. I don't know how else to explain it. And because you have to be part of the family of God. You can't be a separate entity. There is no church and Israel. There's no two separate groups. There just isn't biblically. You can't have it. There's, uh, there's, uh, well, he does talk about in certain cases that there's sheep not of this fold, but, but what he says about them is that he's going to bring them into the fold and make them one and make the two sticks one. Yeshua and God has always been about the business of unification, unifying and bringing together everything, not in a kumbaya sense of the meaning, but in a sense of everyone rallies around his word and lives it out and does what it says. And those who do not 
do his word, walk it out, uh, live it out, they will be cut off. They'll be separated. This goes all the way back into when Israel was in the desert and walking around as a homogenous unit, that if you disobeyed in certain uh, uh uh, circumstances and in certain things in relation to the Torah, you were cut off, it said. And so you were excommunicated. You got kicked out of the group, which is a really bad thing because we, we don't understand that the consequences of that because we live in a society where we live in America and you can, it's massive and you can drive everywhere and there's a gas station everywhere and we never have to think about it. There is no like outside danger area, really. You're you're always within the protection of the framework of the society that gives stability, basically. And so when you were part of the community of Israel, especially walking around the desert or when you were in the land, to be, to be kicked out and to be outside of that realm of protection, you were on your own and you were subject to robbers and thieves and all these things outside. And so it was really important that you were part of the community. And so Yeshua is saying, like, you know, to be, to be in that vine in, within Israel, you have to have your word. So, so, because he says in verse 3, you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. And then he's going to go on and he's going to talk about how, um, 7, if you abide in my, me, my words abide in you. Uh, there was another place, I think I wrote it down. Yeah, verse 3, you're cleansed by the words in verse 7. If you abide in my words, they'll abide into you. And, oh, and that's what I wanted to talk about. And because this gets kind of misconstrued. Uh, in verse 7 says, You shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. This, this isn't some rub the genie lamp type of mindset, and you'll get your three wishes. It's, it's in relation to the word of God and living out a righteous life. If you ask things in accordance with his word, in accordance with living how he wants you to, then he will provide that because it is his will. His word is his will. And uh, uh, so it's, it's that, that's what's going on there, and that's what it means. Um, and so verse 8, Here in my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. Let's see what else. Oh, yeah. So, okay, let's continue on here. This gets good, too, as we go into verse 10 because it talks about his commandments and it talks about love and one commandment I give you, that's the love, because we get, again, that gets misconstrued too. I, you know, I don't know. I feel like I sound like a broken record. I keep saying, basically, you have to put the context of everything Yeshua says back into the context of the, of the Tanakh. And if you do that, things kind of come together and they make sense. If you just pull them out of context and you say, this one commandment God gave you is the love. Well, well, who the hell defines what love is? You know, if the scripture doesn't define what love is, then it can mean whatever it means to anybody, you know. Anyway, I won't go off on that tangent. So, uh, all right, verse 10. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. So he's equating the two things. If you keep his commandments, you'll abide in his love, just like he kept his Father's commandments and abided in his Father's love. So there, there isn't two separate groups of commandments. You've got the same thing going on. What's going on? Is it a problem? Okay. And so... If you keep his, his commandments, you're abiding in his love, love, which means you're keeping the Father's commandments and abiding in the Father's love. And like he says, he and the Father are one. These things, 11, I've spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. So, uh, 
I find it interesting, Marcella. These things I've spoken to you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Um, you know, because really, true, true joy and true satisfaction, true, true peace really only comes in living a life that is uh, in, in alignment with God's word because that's what, where only true meaning comes from because it's how he designed everything in the universe to work. So um, it's, really, it's really important. Uh, okay, keep going here. Uh, 13. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You're my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. So again, that's remaining in his word. It's being, you can't be somebody's friends. Uh, you can't be part of a group and not walk according to the code of that group. You know, this is really a simple thought process. We, it's so interesting to me how you get into the realm of, we'll just call it broadly, religion, and all reason just, just crumbles away. You know, no, 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 no reason and no logical process of anything applies anymore. And I think that's why a lot of people get so turned off by um, normative religion. You'll say people like, you know, I'm, I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious, whatever the flip that means. Uh, it depends on different people. But I understand what they mean because they get turned off by the systems of religion, which and, uh, when, in, in talking to a lot of my, no, maybe a lot, but some of my clients and friends and things that are, that are not believers in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, or the Bible, what they see, though they don't fully understand or wrap their minds around it, is an in, uh, incongruous, an, a disconnect, a lack of continuity between those who those who say they believe the Bible, but then don't live it out, basically. Don't walk it out, you know, because you hear the term hypocrite flung around a lot, which is true, but although, and I'll tell them, that's not an excuse for between you and God. You're still responsible between you and God. You can't just say, well, you know, it's the oldest thing in the book. Well, Johnny was doing it too, you know. It's like that never flew in everybody's household, you know. No, I don't. I don't care. It's kind of the same. Like if everybody jumped off the bridge, would you? You know. So just because everybody does it, doesn't mean you can just justify yourself that way. You are still responsible. But that doesn't get us off the hook in our uh, rep witness and representation of God and His Word. It sends a pretty bad message when. You have 18 million thousand denominations and, and, and things. So, I don't know. Even on our website, it says we're a messianic community, but I kind of I kind of cringe when I read that because it's like, ah, I don't know how to. We are a non-anything community. <laughs> Maybe we'll just call it a Bible-based. But, see, words are interpreted by whoever's reading them. So there's no clear way to... You, you always have to elaborate. You always have to try to explain. And it's, and it's difficult because, anyways, I don't, where, I don't know where I'm talking about all this. But anyway, um, so anyways, yeah, I don't know how I got onto that. But, but basically, uh, you know, the more continuity we can have in our lives and the more we live out, and actually do the, what the Bible says to the best of our ability. And if we're honest, I think, that's the other thing. I think if we're just honest about our shortcomings, you know, and, and 
holding the world to the standard of God's word, but at the same time not being uh, not being abrasive about it, I guess that's what I could say. You know, there's, there's right and wrong, and I'm going to stand behind what's right and wrong, and the God of the universe says it, and, I, and it's true, whether you like it or not. But, uh, but I'm also not going to, you know, scream at everyone either. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, that, that doesn't go anywhere. Because I think our biggest witness comes in just our day-to-day -day interactions and relations with those that we come into contact with. And if we're honest with them and honest with ourselves and do our best, I think that's going to have the, the biggest amount of in impact. Um, anyway, all right, keep going here. Where are we? Uh, 13, 4, uh, we'll go to 14. You're my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Oh, that was where it came from. You know, there's a code. There's a, there's a code of conduct everywhere, and that's what I was saying, except religion. It's like if you're going to join a gang or you're going to be part of uh, the Lions Club, it's like you're expected to, to work out a certain, and everybody understands that, you know. Even if it's not written down, there's like an understood code, so to speak. It's like, it's the same thing with the Bible. This is not rocket science. Where people disagree on is whether or not, you know, what parts apply. Well, if you actually read the Bible, it's pretty clear that it all applies. Okay, keep going. Henceforth, 15, I call you not servants. For the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. For all things I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. 16, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you that you should go bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain. And whatsoever ye ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. So, uh, again, that idea of the fruit and whatever they ask and again, this isn't just like, uh, if you, you know, say in Jesus' name and pray hard enough, you know, you'll get, you know, that new bike you wanted or, or whatever. That's, you know, God's not a, a lamp. And, you know, I think we, this is another tangent, I'll go. Well, I think we tend to, uh, I don't, because I know I have to check myself about it too. If we have to be honest with ourselves about the things that we ask for because I know it's easy to wrap up your personal wants and desires that's really actually so selfishly motivated and you kind of wrap it with, uh, you know, oh, and we could do so much for God with this. And where, you know, it's like, I want a big horse farm. And, but, but I could, it'd be such a great witness. You know, it's like, well... Maybe, but you just really want a horse farm, you know, just, just be honest with that. It's like, that's okay. It's okay to want a horse farm, but it's, but be honest, you know, don't be duplicitous with yourself. Nobody likes someone who's not honest with themselves because everybody sees it, you know, just, we're all too polite and nobody says anything about it. So, but, so be honest with yourself about these things. So he says, you didn't choose me. I chose you and ordained you that you should go forth and bring forth fruit. So he picked them specifically because they're going to go out into the world and they're going to speak and teach his word, right? They're going to produce fruit because why? He, and he's going to get into this. He's leaving. But what's going on is he came and accomplished what he had to do. He came and he died to redeem his, the, the sins of his people, right? And so now it's the time of... Uh, building the kingdom, but you got to go out. You got to find the. the you you got to bring back in the lost tribes, essentially, and all those who would be gathering into them. So they've got they got a lot of work to do. They're going to go out 
and they need to bear forth the fruit of his word and, and find these people and minister to them. Um, <clears throat> and that's why he's saying, whatever you're going to ask in my, main, in my name, he would give it to you because because they're doing what God wants them to do, basically. 17, these things I command you that you love one another. If the world hate you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. Uh, but ye, because you're not of the world, and I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they've kept my saying, they will keep yours also. So he's saying, uh, you know, you're going out into the world. Don't be surprised with, if there's persecution and there's problems. They didn't like me, so they're probably not going to like you a whole lot. But those who, those who are of, that are going to respond, you know, they will, uh, if they've kept my saying, they'll keep yours also. So the people that are going to respond to the word of God will respond to those who are representing and bringing the word of God out into the world and speaking and teaching it. Um, so, but all these things, verse 21, they will do unto you for my name's sake. So there's going to be a whole lots of people who think that they're doing God's work by uh, persecuting those who are actually carrying the, forth the word of the God uh, rightly. Uh, and this has happened all through history. <laughs> Uh, da, 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 because they know, because they know not him that sent me, and and so th these people who are going to be persecuting them, they don't know the Father. If I had not come and spoken unto them, they had had no sin. But now they have no cloak for their sin. He that hateth me, hateth my Father also. If I had not done among them works which no other man did, they had had no sin. But now have they both seen and hated both me and my father. So he's saying here that if he hadn't come and said what he had said, they, they wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't have condemned them and what they were saying. They, they basically don't have any excuse anymore, you know, those who will not believe and follow him. Because he came, he said what he said, he did the works and the miracles that he did. And, uh, and it, he makes it very definitive clear if they hate me, they hate my father. If they hate the father, they're going to hate me also. You can't, you can't say that you love uh, the father, Jehovah, Jehovah, and but not love Yeshua. You know that's why you can't. You know, as as religious as some some Orthodox, you know, and, and people from Judaism are, uh, if they don't accept the Son, they don't they don't trust the Father either. I mean, there's just no way around it. Um, there's no way to the Father but through him. Um, 25. But this come to the pass that the word might be fulfilled, which is written in their law. They hated me without cause. But when the Comforter has come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. And ye also shall bear witness, because ye have been with me from the beginning. So the Comforter is going to come, he talks about here. Um... <clears throat> And it's kind of this dichotomy he's talking about between, uh, between the world, those who won't follow and won't believe, and, and his kingdom, which he's sending his people out to build, and kind of the problems that are going to happen with that. And uh, if, they, if they don't accept their, their fruit and their message and the word and Yeshua, then they really have no, they have no relationship and they have no connection and love for the Father either. So, but he's saying the comfort is going to come. 
um, <coughs> and he'll testify of Yeshua. All right, we'll continue on in, uh, in 16 here. Trying to get through this. These things I've spoken unto you that you shouldn't be offended. They shall put you out of the synagogues. Yea, the time cometh when whoever killeth you will think that he does God's service, which was exactly what Paul was doing. He thought he was doing the right thing by, by, by killing the, the, the believers. And they're going to put him out of the synagogues. Again, you know, I, yeah, unfortunately, many have, have tried to get in within the Messianic movement, have wanted to go back into the synagogues. It's like, no, they're not really going to want you there if you actually stand up for, for the truth of Yeshua. Uh, because he condemns everything they are doing, unfortunately. Because Orthodox Judaism traces their roots all the way back to the Pharisees in the first century. That's what rabbinic Judaism is. And um, so uh, they'll put you out of the synagogues, um, and these things they will do unto you because they have not known the Father, nor me, in verse 3. So again, you know, they're persecuting them, you, they, uh, it's because they don't know the Father, nor Yeshua. But these things I've told you, that when the time come, ye may remember that I told you of them. And these things I said unto you at the beginning, because I was with you. But now I go away to him that sent me. And none of you ask, ask me, whither thou goest, whither goest thou? But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he's come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on me. Of righteous, because I go to the Father. And you see me no more. Of judgment, because the Prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. So on one side, you have this kind of tinge of bitterness. The shoe is going away. They're Messiah. You know, all the things he's done, he's you know, finally here, right? But it's important and it's expedient, he says, that he goes away so the comforter will come and, and the real work can begin, so to speak. If that may, I don't mean, I don't mean that in a derogatory sense, but the, the work of building up this kingdom. It's like, finally the Redeemer came and he's reproved the, 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 his people of their sin. He's covered, made a way for uh, them to be brought back unto the Father. And so now the, the, the real work needs to, of, of all that was prophesied, it has to go on where the message goes out, the fruit is produced, the people and of the exiles are gathered back in to rebuild the kingdom. And so it's expedient that he goes, that these things uh, happen. And uh, uh, he'll reprove the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. And so... Um, 13, how be it, <clears throat> when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. So he's gonna, So this spirit is going to, uh, uh, the Holy Spirit, when he's come, because you have this mission of, again, going out into the exile to gather, uh, gather all those who are scattered. And it's what's, what's going on now, actually. It's, it's part of the messianic movement or the return to Torah basically God's people uh, coming back to his word and and recognizing that they are one with Israel and that we we are part of this the kingdom of Israel and and have the Torah his laws as a gift to us to live it out and so 
it's what's happening now, which is kind of cool to finally see that going on. I mean, it was a long time coming. I don't know how much longer we have, but at least things are happening. And so we're kind of tasked with the same job as they were to go forth and bear fruit and uh, keep it going. Um, 18, uh, I'm sorry, 14. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. A little while and you shall not see me. And again, a little while and you shall see me because I go to the Father. So he's saying he's going, he's going away. Uh, whatever. Uh, the, the, and, and the Holy Spirit is going to take up him and the Father and teach it to him. And so, you know, we have the combination of his word and the spirit of God. We have what we need to be equipped to live out a, a godly life and to live out uh, uh, the, the word of God um, and carry it forth and, and do what we're supposed to do. You know, it's not, I don't know, it's not complicated. It's not, I don't know. I don't know. It's not, it's not that complicated. Okay. Uh, 17. Then said some of his disciples among themselves, What is this that he said unto us? A little while and you shall not see me. And again, a little while and you shall see me because I go to the Father. And they said, therefore, what is this that he saith? A little while. We cannot tell what he saith. Now Yeshua, when he, uh, now Yeshua knew that they were desirous to ask him and said unto them, Do you inquire among yourselves of that I said a little while and you shall not see me? And again, a little while and you shall see me? Verily, verily, I say unto you, that ye shall weep and lament, but the world shall rejoice. And ye shall be sorrowful, but your sorrow shall be turned to joy. A woman, when she is in travail, hath sorrow, because her hours come. But as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remember no more the anguish for joy that a man is born into the world. You need know, therefore, and ye now, therefore, have sorrow. But I shall see you again, and your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man taketh from you. And in that day ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever ye, whatsoever ye ask of the Father in my name, he will give it. Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. These things I have spoken unto you in Proverbs, but the time cometh when I shall no more speak unto you in Proverbs, but I shall show you plainly of the Father. At that day ye shall ask in my name, and, and I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you, for the Father himself loveth you, because ye have loved me. And I believe that I came out from God. I came forth from the Father and am gone unto the world. Again, I leave the world and go to the Father. And his disciples said unto him, Lo, now speakest thou plainly, and we speak it, and speaketh no proverb. Now are we sure that thou knowest all things, and needest not that any man should ask thee. But this we believe that thou camest from God. And Yeshua answered them, Do you now believe? Behold, the hour cometh. Yea, is now come, that ye shall be scattered. Every man to his own, and shall leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So he's saying, I'm going away, uh, and you're going to be sad, and you're going to be sorrowful, but the comforter is going to come, he's going to teach you and remind you of all things, and you're going to go out and you're going to rebuild the kingdom, and there's going to be much joy, because it's a way that things need to go. It's what needs to happen, so that the fulfillment of uh, the rebuilding of the kingdom and the exiles coming back in can happen. Um, and so, you know, in the world we'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. So, you know, it's the same message for us as it was for them now. And whether we live to see Yeshua's return, great. Or if we don't, it's the same same process of what we need to do to go through to 
uh, be lights in this world and, and, and live righteously and have uh, the joy of satisfaction of knowing what we're doing what's right. So, so it's a process, you know, and it takes humility, it takes dis- discipline, it takes discernment, uh, you know, it takes effort on our part. It's not just a, I believe and Jesus does everything for me and my life is a piece of cake. It's like, no, you believe. And then the work really starts of having to, you know, work through dealing with your own self in this life because it's not a piece of cake. And so uh, if we can be honest with ourselves about ourselves, you know, stay in God's word, uh, look critically at our lives so that we can grow, do what's right, be humble, be kind, be loving with each other, you know, things will will shine a lot brighter to the world around us. Um, you know, that's what needs to happen instead of conflict all the time. So, uh, anyway, because we're going to get enough conflict from the outside. So, so that's 15 and 16. I hope it was a blessing to you guys, and uh, we'll pray. Heavenly Father, God, thank you again for this word and this time to be together and uh, learn from it. I just pray that you would uh, use it again in our life and that your spirit would work in and through us to produce your fruit, uh, that you would rebuild your kingdom and that you would uh, rebuild us in our own hearts and lives to do what's right and uh, to have the strength to do that and uh, that we would just carry on, Father. Thank you for all that you do provide and bless us with. We're in an amazing situation here to, to... make ground and, and, and headway and learn and study and grow. So I just pray that we would use this opportunity in Yeshua's name I pray. Amen. Hey, mighty warriors arise.